Welcome to a new episode of Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren. Uh, this week I had a great opportunity to speak with writer, producer, and actor Steve Harper. Uh, we talked about his career uh, starting from uh, his acting days on a series like Law and Order and uh, transitioning to uh, being a writer um, on series like Covert Affairs, uh, American Crime, and his latest series, uh, God Friended Me. Uh, we talk a, a lot about uh, his process and his journey as a writer, and it was, it was a great conversation, and he has a lot of good information, especially for creatives and writers, um, things that helped him uh, in the business and you know just and which he does as a as a coach for for people who are who are aspiring to be uh, in the industry so uh, without further ado uh, here is my interview with Steve Harper uh, Steve Harper thank you so much for for being on the show and uh, the first thing I want to ask is because uh, uh, one of the things you you wanted to talk to and I wanted to talk to you about was your uh, your journey in the business like uh, starting off as an actor and then how that how acting transitioned into into writing so if you like i know you have a lot of great information on on your website harper uh, harpercreates.com and i have a link to that on the uh cool right yeah. but um i would love to kind of hear how how the acting bucket hits you and how you transitioned from acting to writing great uh, so first of all, I'm really happy to be here, Darren. I'm, I'm excited to excited to do this interview. And, uh, you know, it's been a really interesting journey. I've just been really excited about, um, I've always been, I grew up wanting to be on TV. So, so at first, that TV impulse was all about the acting. You know, my brother and I used to pretend to have our own talk show that we would, you know, do the Billions TV show in front of the, in front of the fireplace, you know. Uh, and so for the longest time, I really wanted to be an actor. And when I was a senior in high school, I actually got my first agent, which was kind of a crazy uh, story. But I, I happened to go to high school with a woman who, <clears throat> a young woman who was, had already been in the business. And she said, you know, we're, we're looking specifically for men to, to, you know, to boys to be in this thing because the woman who ran the Performing Arts Center connected people to agents and they had more girls and, you know. Right. So I started then, I got my first agent then, and I started auditioning for stuff and just did a ton of, of work as an actor, uh, you know, went to college and majored in theater studies. Uh, but then when I got out of college, you know, I started doing episodic TV and, and, uh, and all sorts of some theater, all sorts of things, uh, and eventually moved to Boston. Baltimore hosted a kids show there for a couple of years on the Fox affiliate, um, you know, started doing all sorts of, you know, commercials, regional theater, you know, went to drama school as an actor. And eventually, you know, although I was super excited with what I was able to do, um, you know, I was on America's Most Wanted. I was on All My Children. I was mm. on uh, Homicide, you know, and, and got to do theater stuff, you know, at the Guthrie and uh, Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park and the Contemporary American Theater Festival and the, the ART. And after a while as an actor, I, I got tired of living out of a box. I just felt like I was always taking my box of stuff, you know, okay, I'll go here and then I'll be there for three months and then I'll go here and I'll be there for three months. I was never home. I was never in the same place, you know, wildly unpredictable in terms of what was coming up or what would happen next. And I thought, you know, I'd really rather be 
I'd really rather have writing in the driver's seat. You know, I'd really rather be able to say, A, here's something I'm really interested in. Let me write it and perhaps be in it or work on it in some way, you know, and B, let me not have to like run all over it. Let me not have to like rush over to say Alaska to be in a play, you know, or to be in a piece. Let me, let me actually sort of, you know, have the kind of job as a creative person where I could come home at night, sleep in my own bed, you know, hang out with my family, that sort of thing. So that was really the impulse to, to kind of make the transition. Uh, and, and what I always say, which is definitely true, is I love acting. I love that whole art and that whole piece. And it's still something that I do. I just think of it as, you know, writing being the, in the driver's seat and the acting right. being sort of a lesser thing for, for today's version of me. I got you. And I mean, that it, it definitely acting out has always kind of, uh, in my opinion, always kind of, uh, attracted people who kind of have a nomadic lifestyle, like they love just kind of being on the go. So yeah, when you want to uh, finally kind of transition to a quieter existence, but still be in the, be in the industry, that's uh, uh, writing always just kind of seemed the like like that that next that next step. I mean, and you've done like I mean to me like act, acting pinnacles beyond just you know uh, movies and. Uh, awards and all that like you did like two different law and orders so that's, that's like <laughs> my that's, that's like you know when you're on a law and order that's that that's something that that's huge to me and you got to be on two different ones like you got to be on on svu and criminal intent yes so, yeah. <laughs> so that i mean those were fun and, and really mm-hmm. exciting to you know specifically um you know, working with uh, Mershka Hargitay and, and uh, Chris Maloney on, on uh, SVU was super fun. And, you know, the thing about those jobs, though, and this comes back to my whole transition, was that those jobs would end up being, for me, uh, on both those shows, those were one-day jobs. Right. So you get that job, you know, super excited. You learn the lines. You go in. You rehearse a little bit because that's what TV does. And you launch into it and you shoot it and you're done and you're out on the street, you know, a couple hours later, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's it. You know, you know, you get the paycheck, you know, you know, it's going to be on, right. you know, you get the credit in IMDb and on your resume. And, you know, it was a one day job. So the, the flip side of that is in the writing world for yeah. people who write for episodic television, you know, the, the entry level jobs in the world of episodic television are 20 weeks long. So you think about the comparison of like a couple of hours of, you know, of glory with, you know, celebrities on a network show or 20 weeks in a writer's room learning about a show and hopefully contributing to to what it is. It's, uh, you know, there's kind of no comparison in that space. It it sounds like it. And that's what was going to lead me into. So so is that when you kind of decided to, I guess, kind of do both where you were both in front of and behind the camera for your, for your web series for, for send me. Was that kind of like that transition from, you know, Steve Harper, the actor to Steve Harper to the, the writer. Uh, You know, I I don't know if I'd say it was really sort of the fulcrum. I mean, I think it, it was definitely a, um, a moment when I thought that I wanted to really combine the two. And I've, I've written a lot of things that I thought, uh, a lot of plays and, and other pieces where I thought to myself, I, re- I really want to be in this. In fact, the first short film that I wrote um, called Betty on the Bed, uh, which is sort of about a supernatural encounter. Um, uh, and it's actually really funny that I was just talking about that that piece because the, the person who was the star of that, an actress named Teresa Hedgie, who's a good friend of mine, 
just literally just texted me like as I was saying the name of the movie like her text just came across the screen here very mm-hmm. strange but anyway I was in that piece and there are you know I've intended to be in other pieces of mine uh and you know I thought that send me would be a really good opportunity to do it but actually in terms of my chronology I had moved out to Los Angeles in 2010 so I've been in LA for about a little over 10 years now in February of 2010 and uh and I made send me in 2014 so I literally came here with the intention of putting writing in the driver's seat and didn't really sort of lean into the whole right uh, acting part of myself mm-hmm. for pretty much for the, you know, those four years. I mean, I had a commercial agent, I did some commercial stuff and actually booked some things that I'm proud of, but you know, I, I just decided when I was doing send me uh, that I really wanted to be in it. So, you know, so that was, that was the, I got you. It was those where, you know, this is so good. Like I can't see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not quite like that, but you know, but I, it was it was juicy enough that I thought to myself, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to do this. So when you finally decided to, well, when not finally, when you decided that you know the writing was going to be uh, where your where your head was at, like, um, how did you kind of? Uh, I mean, did you uh, was there some? Did you apply? Did you talk to some people that you knew, or like was it just kind of hey? I did. How was how was the dues paying? Aspect? Yes, yes. Well, I think on some level the dues paying continues. <laughs> it always does. But but actually, you know, when I first was interested in writing, and I started, I was working a lot as an actor. I started writing plays, and then some theaters that I was working in would allow me to have my play read as part of their reading series. So that became a really interesting transition because I suddenly, you know, places that knew me as an actor, those places were willing to, you know, uh, kind of help me grow this other artistic part of who I am, which, which was really nice. Um, you know, uh, but then I think the trick is, you know, usually, you know, obviously if somebody's famous or if somebody's accomplished, then there are kind of different rules. Like we think of Oprah, for example, and we think of all the things that she does, right? right? Because she's paid her dues in terms of like being around long enough that we have this conception of her that's much larger. But mm-hmm. I always say to my coaching clients, and I think it's really important that people who enter the industry understand, you know, Oprah, at the beginning, Oprah was, you know, she was just a newscaster, right? And then she was just a journalist. And then she was just a person with a talk show show and then she Mm -hmm. you know she didn't she didn't come out of the womb as Oprah the mogul you know so I really felt like when I made this uh sort of transition to writing in the driver's seat I knew that I was gonna have to have the acting in some sense take a back seat you know and uh and so I went to playwriting school after having gone to acting school you know Mm -hmm. and after playwriting school I got an agent and then after I got an agent I would come out to LA every year for about five years from New York and I would take like 15 meetings in a week, you know, and I would try to get work and years went by and nothing really happened, you know? So it, it, um, it felt like a long road to me. Certainly what really changed for me was I applied for, uh, for one of the diversity programs, all the networks and studios have these programs mm-hmm. and I applied for the CBS writers mentoring program and I got into it. And, um, and that was really amazing. My manager had suggested it and I didn't know what it was. And I was kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a, I don't want to have an internship. Like I, you know, I moved across the country to do this thing and I want a job, you know, but it completely changed my perspective 
on how the industry works, on how to take meetings, on how to talk about myself as a writer. Um, you know, I had samples, I had plays, I had specs, I had all these things, I had original material. And what really changed is my ability to kind of talk the language and be able to research people and show up in meetings and interviews, um, you know, as, as a viable candidate for, for shows. And, and within a few months of my leaving the CBS program, which is like a nine month program, you know, I, I kept hearing, I was like, it's, it's between you and another person. And, and I eventually, you know, got, got my first gig, which was on covert affairs. And, and that was pretty transformative for me. That's awesome. I mean, and I mean, it's one of those things where everyone, uh, like nobody, <laughs> a lot of people always tend to forget the, the long road to an overnight success. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Not, there's no such thing. It's like, you're always in like paying your dues. So, I mean, and, and going through that program and then getting on uh, covert affairs, like how did, um, how did the process of playwriting play into writing for television? And, and like, how did, uh, like what did you did you have to follow a process that everyone else does, or do you have your own process for writing? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there are a couple of things about television that are different from playwriting. Uh, there are many things. The thing that I think actually, you know, and I, I've argued with people about this in writers' rooms because not every you know writers who are not playwrights don't necessarily agree with this philosophy. Mm. It's that's fine. But I do feel like playwrights, one of the special things about being a playwright and learning to be a playwright is that as a playwright, I was taught, and I believe we learn how to create material out of nothing. Like, you know, plays are essentially people on stage talking, and it's about conflict between two people. So whereas I make up, and I believe it's true, that some people who start out writing for movies or television they rely on those big special effects. They rely on the car chase or the explosion or the, or the, you know, whatever, the vampire or the, you know, things that you kind of need the sort of money and, uh, and energy of TV or film to create. So it's like when I, they write to the beats, like you, you know, you write to yeah. the action beat, you write to the, yeah. Right, exactly, right? So they're writing to the action beat or they're writing to this sort of, you know, kind of over the top production values. And I think playwrights write to sort of the human heart, you know, write to like a specific conflict between two human beings. And I feel like that, to be able to do that is a real benefit, I think, for television, because it means I feel like I go in understanding a little more about the bare bones of, you know, what makes a scene between like somebody who wants something and somebody who wants something else. Mm -hmm. rather than relying on the helicopter or the bombs about to go off or, <laughs> you know, or the, or the, uh, you know, the, the Kung Fu fight in the middle of the scene is, is sort of an extra layer to me rather than what it's all about. So I feel like that's a, that feels like a real benefit to me. Okay. And I definitely get, got that sense uh, just looking at the things you, that you wrote for like covert affairs and American crime are so character driven Yes. That, uh, that, yeah, it's, it, they, they are about the characters and their conflicts. And then you have like the rest of the things in the background, but like the things that are memorable about, memorable about them are the characters. Is that kind of why they were like, they're kind of why you decided to write for, for shows like that? Well, uh, you know, uh, yes and no. I mean, I'd love to be able to say, yes, Darren, I have control <laughs> over everywhere, I, you know, 
we're everywhere I've worked and I've mm -hmm. orchestrated it so that it's all, you know, touches my sensibility in a certain way. But mm -hmm. the truth is, you know, like anybody else, like you need a job and you go out and you look for a job. You obviously, I obviously am looking for the best job, the job that fits my skills the most. But I, you know, I have had the experience, which I think is really important for people to know, of certainly not getting jobs that I've been interested right. in. In fact, the truth is, one of the pieces of truth here is, you know, I met John Ridley for American Crime during American Crime's first season, and I didn't get hired. You know, like, so I was there with all my whatever, you know, mm -hmm. my whole tap dance or whatever I, you know, whatever I bring to the table. And he was not interested. You know, two years later, you know, I was also, I also heard from my agent and manager that I might get a chance to meet for the second season. I didn't get a meeting for the second season. <laughs> Third season comes around. We managed to get a meeting, uh, which I think had actually a lot to do with my web series and my meeting mm -hmm. him and connecting with him in other ways, which is a whole other story. But, you know, that third season, he met me again and, you know, we clicked and he decided to hire me. So, you know, I was really happy to be on that series for all the reasons you mentioned, because it's about character and it's about, you know, in some ways people striving to be better. And, you know, it's about all, a lot of really juicy, gritty stuff mm -hmm. uh, that's really about character. And, you know, I was just lucky enough to be. Uh, his pick that season. So. And it sounds satisfying because you look, it sounds like you went through your own separate journey to kind of get there in the first place. So, yes, I <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, um, as far as, as far as writing and like, um, uh, I, I want to talk about God friended me mm -hmm. um, just because like, and you know, just the background there. I, I, yeah. I, I, I love it. I love it. Show. I, I just for your benefit, but yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a an interesting concept for a series. Like I always kind of liken to likened it to, and I don't necessarily like to, you know, compare one thing to another. But I was I, I was uh, growing up. I was a big fan of of early edition, like on CBS. Yeah, like absolutely. The, yeah, I like that that concept. And God Friend kind of has that same, uh, not the same concept, but it's something along the same. Yes. It's like a, it's a journey to find something new and interesting, but at the same time like the characters come together uh, as well. So, I mean, how did you kind of approach writing that series and those characters and, 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 and like kind of what message did, did you and the creators want the audience to get from the show? Hmm. Well, I think, you know, one thing that you mentioned, I really do have to hand it to CBS because CBS has had a history of shows like this, you know, there's early edition, there was touched by an angel. There was Joan of Arc, Acadia, like all of those shows are in the vein of God Friended Me, you know, mm -hmm. and I think they all kind of paved the way for, for what the show has been able to do. And for that sort of space of, uh, I don't know, I guess there's, I have a friend on Facebook who every time I post about the show, he see, he'll always comment like, it's the nicest show on television, you know, <laughs> and so there, which I think is probably true. And yeah. I think CBS has kind of cultivated the ground for that kind of show, you know, uh, you know, throughout the years. So I think um, that has a lot to do with, I, I believe that sort of the way in which um, God friended me has sort of grown and thrived sort right. of on CBS. You know, I think uh, the creators uh, who uh, Stephen Lillian and Brian Winbrandt, who uh, came up with this concept, um, you know, they are, they're very interesting 
pair. They've been a writing team for forever. Uh, you know, they were on Kyle XY, they were on mm -hmm. Hawaii Five O, they were on Gotham, they created the show Alcatraz, mm -hmm. you know, and what, what they've said in the press, which I think is really fascinating uh, and is true, is one of them, uh, Stephen, considers himself a believer, and the other, Brian, considers himself not a believer. So they they kind of came together with this notion, you know, of, you know, I feel like the sort of ethos of the show really is about how do you do good in the world? You know, how do you help mm -hmm. people in the world? And yet the notion of of uh, of Miles Finer being a, being an atheist, you know, at the right. core of this and not, you know, obviously his father's bishop and all that stuff. So the notion of that conflict, the notion of mm -hmm. that kind of battle, but still the idea of, I want to be a good person, you know, I think is very much like in the DNA of Stephen and Brian as they created this show. And so, you know, they've empowered us to help kind of spread that, uh, you know, spread those stories that are really about a helping people, but B, you know, not exactly knowing where that's coming from or how do we do that? You know, it's like, you know, so it's actually interesting too, because you talk about how the show is created. And I think on some level, it's complicated to create an episode of God friended me. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that was the thing that I found most surprising being on the show. It's, you know, it's, I think so often, and this is remarkable to me. I say this all the time. So often, like even when I'm watching the show on Sunday nights, having worked on it, having been on the right in the writer's room, or even the episodes that I like wrote, you know, and produced, I'm sitting there crying because it's so moving. Like there's all this stuff that's happening you know, in the action of the show, even if I know it's coming, that just feels like, uh, it feels really um, heartfelt and beautiful. So uh, it's kind of magic the way we end up there. And that's one of the great things about it is just how kind of naturally sweet it is as a series. It's not something where it's like, it's, it's not forcing you to like the characters. It's not, mm -hmm. kind of, it's not contrived. Like they just, they seem genuine as people and that's one of the things that, that I've enjoyed about the series and it's actually one of the reasons why I'm you know I'm upset that it's that it's going away and yeah. I just kind of wanted to I wanted to talk to you about that like what are your what are your thoughts about the series coming to an end and and has it been has there have there been any talks about maybe like you know CBS All Access or uh, well Netflix? the show is the show is already and has always been on CBS All Access um, so every episode can be seen there and, uh, and will be continue to be seen there. As far as I know, uh, I don't believe, at least I haven't heard of any plans to, uh, to produce it just for all access, mm -hmm. uh, or to produce it anywhere else. That's not to say that, you know, miracles can happen. It's kind of a miracle show. Who knows? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly not in charge of those things, but, uh, a text from the God account. Yes, that's right. But, uh, but I don't, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any knowledge of any of that stuff uh, happening. One thing I do want to say, though, since you mentioned it, I do think there's something about the genuineness of the characters that that has that goes back to two things, I think. One, the creators, Stephen and Brian are like super nice guys. And they, you mm -hmm. know, they've created a really juicy friendly family atmosphere which is really great both in the writer's room and on set yeah and b like the cast is amazing like brandon michael hall is like the nicest person you'll ever meet you know mm -hmm. and just really genuine you know uh 
you know, he's a Juilliard grad, he's, which is also where I did my playwriting work. So we sort of bonded over that. You know, he's, he's hardworking. He's a really nice guy. And as the number one on the call sheet, like he sets a real nice tone of, you know, both hardworkingness and, you know, and sort of sweetness. So he and Suraj Sharma, you know, Violet Bean, Joe Morton, Javicia Leslie, you know, Erica Gimple, they're all really nice people. And so every time I got to go to set to work on my episodes, like it was really fun to hang out with them and to like talk about the show, but also to be like, Hey, did you see this play? And what'd you think of blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's very, very nice group of people. Well, it's, it's a great show. And um, I really, I really want it to kind of continue just because there seem to be so many, uh, so many stories there that, that can be told. So, I mean, I'm, Fingers crossed on my end, like I have no power at all, but, uh, but I'm here's hoping that someone else can, with that power can, can see that yeah. and say, you know what, this is something that we could, that, that, you know, that we could have on our, on our network or on our, uh, on our streaming service. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure Stephen and Brian do. And I know that there's a petition out there, uh, you know, on Twitter. So, you know, mm-hmm. Have at it, folks. I just don't know. I don't know. Hey, I'll add that link as well. Because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, between Twitters and and, uh, and Move On and, yes. uh, and crowdsourcing, like, there's so many, like, there's really no kind of, uh, like, I mean, there's an, there's an end to things, but um, there's the, it, it doesn't have to be the fin- the final end. But, you know. Right. Yeah. So, and especially if the fans get involved. And that's that's kind of where I, uh, yeah. where I, I would like to see that kind of grassroots uh, come from for the show, but along the same along the lines of what you're talking about, as far as like the um, kind of the message of the show and and being genuinely nice people and just everything that we've talked about uh, so far, like everything that you, like one of the reasons I love talking to writers is is that writers, whether they whether they think they are or not, are always kind of teaching as they're talking, especially mm. if they're about like their craft, <laughs> their journey, things like that. And you, one of the things you do is you is you coach. Yeah, kind of like is that uh, where did that journey begin, and, and why is why why is that important? Yeah. Because you're uh, you have a another website, yourcreativelife.com, and post a link to that where yeah, you, you coach people like creatives and writers, and uh, and it's kind of where did that journey begin for you? Yeah, I think to be honest, I have to credit my parents. My my parents are um, I grew up in New York. My my parents are um, retired educators. So they both worked for the New York City school system. In fact, they met teaching at the same school, you know, Mm -hmm. fell in love, married, all that. Uh, And they have spent their lives in service to other people, teaching stuff. My mother, uh, Spanish, taught Spanish and um, was a trilingual guidance counselor at a high school in Brooklyn. My father Mm -hmm. uh, was the head of the art department at a middle school in Queens. And, you know, and so very, very much both, you know, my dad with his visual art stuff with a foot in the arts, you know, and a foot in the education space. So I grew up in that, you know, with that idea that, you know, what was, you know, what was important about uh, being on the planet was about what can I pass on to other people? So I certainly, and they certainly had an influence on my own, my desire to go into acting and all that. They said, well, you know, we'll allow it, but you got to go to college first and, you know, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think I, you know, you talked about that, notion of which I think is really true for me 
you know, there are no straight lines in this industry. It's like you try something, you hit a wall, you try something else, you ask people, you try to read a book, you try to take a class, you, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I even remember a, a time that I had written a screenplay and I was like chasing an actor down the street, like, please read, you know, and the person <laughs> was like, you must be crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there are all kinds of dead ends in that space. And I think when I started to have a semblance of success, when I started to make a living, first as an actor, you know, and then as a writer, I just wanted to give back. You know, I just wanted to have the opportunity to say to people, give the, speak the kind of truths that I didn't hear from other people about, you know, here's how, here's how you might try to do this. Here's how you might talk to a, you know, here's how you might get an agent. Here's how you might show up at the page if you're a writer. Here's how you might rehearse if you're an actor, here's what your headshot, you know, you might think about doing this or you might, you know, all of those things that, because I think ultimately what I realized having gone to both acting school and playwriting school is both schools taught me how to do the craft, like how to be in a play, how to be on set, how to, you know, how to write a script, but no school teaches you how to live the life of that person. How do you live your life as a writer? How do you live your life as an actor? You know, how do you deal with disappointment and grief? And, you know, so, mm -hmm. so, I, so I coach uh, today in two flavors. There's the flavor of everything you need in order to live the life of a writer. It's like, how are you showing up? And how's your mood? And are you taking care of yourself? And, you know, how do you get an agent? And how do you survive the lean times? All that stuff. Uh, and then I also coach, some people come to me and say, oh, here's a script, you know, I need help with my script, you know, and then it's like, well, what's on the page and what are the scenes like and how long is it? And, you know, all of that stuff, where's the dramatic energy, you know? Uh, and I just found that I got to a point where, A, I wanted to pass stuff on. Mm -hmm. I read this amazing book called um, Coaching the Artist Within uh, by a guy named Eric Maisel. It's a really great book. And Eric... At the very end of it, Eric talks about how Eric is a, a PhD um, and he founded, he created the idea of creativity coaching, he calls it. Right. And so he had, at the back of his book, he says, you know, if you want free creativity coaching, he basically says, I, I, uh, I gather clients for my students. So if you want to be coached by students, email me at this email. I don't know if this is still in the back of his book, but it was at the time. <laughs> and then he says, and if you want to learn how to be a creativity coach, email me here and you can take a class with me to study how to be a creativity coach. So a friend of mine had given me this book. It's a terrific book. I got to the end. I emailed Eric and I was like, I want to learn how to do this. And I ended up uh, enrolling in an online uh, institute called the Creativity Coaching Association and got certified as a coach. And, you know, and the more I practiced, the more I helped people, the more I, you know, sat down with people and uh, passed on wisdom or listened to them and reflected back. It just, you know, it just feels like an amazing way to give back. That's awesome. I mean, especially the, the dynamic between teaching the creative and the practical, like mm -hmm. kind of having that balance there that, you know, that a lot of people, especially creatives need. Yeah, that's so it's definitely something that, that that's interesting. Yeah, um, thanks. It's it's super fun. I, I do want to say too for your for those who are watching this, 
like I've got this storyboard behind me and I want to explain, right? <laughs> so, so one of the things uh, that, that becomes, you know, I, not only do I work with people one-on-one -on -one these days, mostly on Zoom, but I also, I also teach, you know, and I got hired to teach a class, um, a TV writing class at Georgia Southern University and was, they're also producing a play of mine in the fall and September. And I was planning to go there and teach the class, but now with COVID-19, the class has been remote. So, uh, so we were, the, the, uh, the task in the class was to create uh, a fictional next episode of the new reboot of Party of Five. So that's what this is behind me, this, this reboot episode of Party of Five that we created with, with my 23 students at Georgia Southern uh, so. in it in a crazy five day sort of sprint. So that's mm -hmm. what this is behind me. Well, I mean, uh, the last question I, I, I kind of have for you is just, is I always, I always ask writers just based on, you know, the things that they enjoy. Um, like I'll, I'll ask a comic book writer, you know, if you ever had the opportunity to write a character you've never written before for a company you've never worked for, mm -hmm. like, would it be? So mm -hmm. as a, as, as a television writer, as a playwright, um, mm -hmm. is there a, a television series, current or past, that you that you would love to have, to have written for, or that would that you would love to write for currently? And, 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 and yeah, that's it's such a great question. I um, you know, I'm a huge. I know you are too. I'm a huge Marvel fan, and I grew up, you know, reading comic books and watching the cartoons and all that stuff. And and I actually have a couple of friends who were, uh, you know, who've worked for Marvel when Marvel was doing TV. Now Marvel's not doing TV anymore, right? So I feel like, you know, I would, I would love to be, I would, Spider-Man is just my favorite. I would love to like write some Spider-Man or if there were, you know, if there were a live action Spider-Man TV series drama, like that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. um, that would be really fun. Uh, so I'd have to say like something in that space would be really delightful. Uh, and at the same time, like I'm, I do feel like I'm all about deep character stuff. Like I'd love to work with John Ridley again. I'd love to, you know, um, yeah. So all of those things are, are really of interest to me. And I also, I have to say too, that one of the things that I love about what's happening now in this mm -hmm. age of peak TV is that there's so much juicy drama that features black people. Right. You know, so shows like, Queen Sugar, or I'm not a comedy writer, but shows like Atlanta and mm -hmm. Insecure, and like those are those are really amazing and imaginative and fun. Uh, you know, 21st century black people shows. Like I, mm -hmm. I really dig those, and and would love to kind of you know dig into that universe. And that's what I was thinking when you said Marvel. I was like, you know, they could always like Sony and Marvel could always do a Miles Morales. Oh um, yeah, that'd be theory. amazing. And that could that's. That could definitely happen, but wow, that would be amazing, right? I I know I would watch it. It's my it's my kid's favorite. Mm -hmm. That's his Spider Man, right? Mark of course, is his Spider Man. But um, Steve Harper, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Is there anything that you want to talk about that you're currently working on? Um, um, that's a good question. I um, yeah. So you know, I want to I want to piggyback again. Say. April 26th, two-hour season finale, series finale of God Friended Me. Uh, I think it's really going to be worth watching. Uh, 
you know, lots of people have lots of questions about the show and, and I, and my understanding is they'll all be answered uh, on, (laughs) (laughs) on Sunday. So definitely tune in for that. Um, I, you know, one of the things I've been working on is, you know, my web series send me, which did tremendously well in 2014. Uh, We got Emmy nomination uh, for Tracy Toms who played the lead and, you know, Sada Ramirez was our executive producer. Uh, I've been working on uh, a television adaptation of that um, with John Ridley, and we've been trying to shop that around. So that's, we don't, I don't know, who knows what'll happen in terms of, you know, holding up, holding it up to the universe, but, uh, but there's, there's momentum in that space. And, you know, hopefully there'll be something blossoming out of that space, which would be super cool. Yeah. With so many different uh, streaming services and, and channels, there's, there definitely be a home for for a concept like that. Yes, yeah. So um, so we're looking forward to that. And then I I did some work on a, a television series called Tell Me Your Secrets, which was originally for TNT and now uh, reportedly will appear on HBO Max. So we'll see whether that happens. Um, those things you can look out for. And you know, I got a new pilot. I'm working on all sorts of stuff, and hopefully there'll be there'll be more news before long. But that's pretty much what's going on at the moment. Awesome. Awesome. I would, uh, I would love to talk to you again. When, uh, like if, if any of those, those things are happening, just great. Uh, just let, we'll let, do it. Pick your brain some more. And, um, Steve Harper, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And I really, I, I really appreciate it. And like I said, links to, um, your, your website, uh, to Harper creates and to your, your coaching website, your creative life are going to be, uh, on, podcasts are going to be on, on on twitter and if you if you wanted anyone to to follow you on social media like where can they where can they find you yeah great so they can find me uh i tweet at harper creates uh on twitter and i also tweet at your creative life it's actually there's one e missing but you'll find it uh <laughs> and so yeah so i tweet there and i'm tweeting every day uh most days of the week and certainly live tweeting during god friend too so uh, awesome so that's that's where you can find me Thank you so much. Thank you, Darren. It's been a pleasure. All right. Once again, I want to thank Steve Harper for taking the time uh, to speak with me uh, today. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, It was was a great conversation. I learned a lot. And I think if you you listen, uh, you will too. Um, There's a lot of great information. He has a a great career and a great outlook on on the industry itself. And once again, I really appreciate it. Uh, him taking the time to speak to me. Now, if you want to uh, learn more about Mr. Harper and uh, and find him online, uh, you can find him on Twitter uh, at Harper Creates, and you can also check out his his website uh, HarperCreates.com, where he has a lot of great information for uh, for creatives and and for uh, writers and producers and just pretty much like anyone that's kind of looking to get into the, the business as well as the information about uh, his, his journey as well. Um, and as always, you can find uh, information, news, reviews, uh, podcast episodes on my website, superpoweredfancast.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at superpoweredfan. So until uh, next time, this is Darren for Superpowered Fancast, signing off.